Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. First time we've seen each other in a couple of weeks. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah. Last time you saw me, my arm was in a cast. And now your finger's in a, what do you call that? I think it's called a splint. I was about to say splint, then I lost my bottle. It's in a splint. You lost your bottle, I did you? lose my bottle. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I think I've ever heard you in uh, these t- 20-some years. I think I've ever heard you use the phrase, <laughs> lost my bottle. <laughs> Because I never do lose my bottle. That was the first time I ever lost my bottle. Oh, uh, right. I mean, it's more, it's, it sounded more like a bit of slang that you picked up from someone. <laughs> a young person. Yeah, you go, well, I'm not or sure. An that, old person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's been down the old people's home again. Yeah. Um, oh. When you looked at my finger, I, I looked at it then myself and I thought, oh, I'm not, not sure about it. It looks like it's ballooning up a little bit. It's swollen and it's discoloured mm. and it doesn't look... That's not great, I'm sorry to say. I uh, went back to the fracture clinic yesterday. Mm. And because there's a junior doctor strike on, I got to see the head honcho. Not just any old honcho, but the head one. Oh, the head. Actually, it was the hand honcho, uh, the, the hand <laughs> consultant. <laughs> right. And um, he said, uh, it's, it's not healing very well. You should probably have had surgery on it. There's something I want to try, but it'll be very painful how are you with needles oh god and asking I'm, the wrong person yeah exactly so then i said well I'm, I'm kind of phobic but if you think it's the right thing so he sends me through into this room and they're going to inject uh they're going to inject my hand to numb it and then he's going to start i don't know pulling it snapping it i don't know what to try and get it back into position and he comes in and i am so visibly anxious he said oh i won't be able to perform this on you like go off and have an x-ray and we'll have to, um, you know, just see you again in a week and then decide whether to do surgery on you. And then he came and followed me to the x-ray room. He said, I've had an idea. Um, we don't usually do this, but how would you feel about gas and air? Oh. Which is what they give when you're in labour. And I bet you said, I feel very good about gas and air, am I right? Exactly. Yeah. Because when Sarah was in labour... <laughs> I, I wanted to have a blast on it, but she wouldn't let me. Like, oh, excuse me. Um, but she wouldn't let me. Um, in fact, she accused me of holding it too far away from her face, like I was torturing her or, or messing with her head somehow, which I definitely wasn't. Insanity of labour. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I had to go to another room. A, a guy... Um, starts giving me this gas and air. And I think, oh, this is having no real effect on me. And then, did you have it when you were in labour? Yeah, I think so. Well, so you see, I'm sure it wouldn't be that pleasurable for you in that no, state. It's I just, didn't enjoy a, it. No, um, it's not, you know, it's not doing what an epidural might. No. But just from being perfectly fine and going and, and breathing, it was wonderful, Annabelle. And I could feel the addict in me. You know, I've not had a drink oh, for all these years. Yeah. I could feel the addict in me go, oh. <sighs> just trying to get as much of it in as short oh, space time as no, possible. No. Um, and and then my voice started sounding very deep like this. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the guy was asking me what I did for a living, which I find a very difficult question to answer because I'm not sure is the true answer. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. So, well, radio. Which radio station are you on? Well, I'm on an American radio station, which sounds like you're saying, oh, I've got a girlfriend in Canada or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound real. Yeah, yeah. And then podcasts, really. And, and I think to most people, podcasts doesn't feel like a job it sounds like a hobby doesn't it? yes yeah yeah and he's saying what radio stations so i can then feel myself listing radio stations that i've been on over the years mm. but because i've inhaled all this gas and air i think to anybody out in the corridor it would have just sounded like a really crazy person going virgin radio <laughs> radio two absolute five live Six views. Wow. I think, like, what that must have sounded like, just a man reciting radio stations loudly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so, so that was that. But I'll tell you, that gas and air. Now I know what people, uh, people are, uh, you know, now I know why people are so hooked on those little canisters. <laughs> They're illegal now. You're getting no. excited, weren't you? You were thinking, this would be my thing. No, it's I was. Illegal. Yeah, got banned. Oh. Sorry to tell you. Well, maybe I'll buy some whipped cream and see if I can. <laughs> what? I think, that, and I don't mean like I'll, uh, I'll uh, eat. I mean, no, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I got it. Improvise. But like, yeah, I just thought mm, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen no, either. It's too no. much effort. Yeah. Yeah, me. I'm not going to go to an effort <laughs> for anything. Um, so that's my bad finger. Look at that. Mm, I don't want to. Oh, no, I don't. You've made me worried about it now. Mm. Anyway, um, I, uh, I, I went to a meeting today. Mm-hmm. I went to meet someone at 2 p.m. In a place that did food, you know, like a sort of bar come restauranty place. Is that a lunch or not? That's not a lunch. No. I didn't think it was. So That's I a ate, coffee. That's a coffee. I yeah. ate on the way there. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd go and get a, a, a wrap. But then I became paranoid that it was a, a lunch. Just eat again. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I was arriving at this place, I saw the person I was meeting about 50 or 60 metres up ahead of me. And... I hate that because I don't want to arrive. I don't want to catch up with them mm. because I think approaching someone from I don't like it when somebody has to do a whirl around. I don't like approaching somebody from behind, mm, especially if I've had to run because I think it makes you look weird. I've done that recently where I've run to catch up, and I think it makes you look insane. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And and I just don't think any no one wants a tap on no, the shoulder, no, or a shouting of their name. Nothing. No, none no. of that. No. So do you know what I did? What just stood on the spot for about a minute. Right. Gave her a head start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then went. Because if you just sort of follow like a, a normal pace, it, that seems weird as well. There's really no solution no. apart from what you did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If, you follow, if you follow at your normal pace, then they are then aware that you're following mm, them. Mm. But, um, but and, that, and that's weird. Yeah, mm, it's very hard. So just stood rooted to the spot. Good. Looked at your phone, right? No, I just stood there. Oh, okay, that's a bit weird. <laughs> Usually, usually, if you see me doing that in the street, it's usually because... Um, You're trying to control your bowels. Yes, yeah, yeah you've so. seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, th- so that was that. Um, I can tell you about an, a strange interaction I had the other day. Mm. I was on my way to pick our son up from like a holiday club. Mm-hmm. And a man in the street who... How can I phrase this? He... he, he you know, sometimes people in the street speak to you and you think, oh, there's something going on. It doesn't matter if it's me. They could be shouting at traffic. They could be shouting at God. Uh, they, you know, the, 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 there's a type. Yeah. So he wasn't that type. He, he On the surface, he seemed relatively normal. And sorry about that sniff. Sorry. Um, and I was wearing a T-shirt with a picture of a fox on it. Mm-hmm. Now... I am uh, I'm, I'm carrying some extra weight at the moment and my clothes aren't fitting me so well. So it was a little snug. Okay. This is relevant to the story. Okay. So I, I'm walking down the street and then I hear a voice go, Ooh, Foxy. And I look round and it's this guy, probably like a little bit older than me, five, ten years older than me. Mm. But as I say, it uh, d- doesn't look insane. Okay. So... Uh, I'm a bit taken aback. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady. Oh, dear. Okay. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't have any, I don't have any banter to give back to him. Mm. And then he says, ready for this, mm. he says, are you on the way to the Moob competition too? No. Yes. What? 
Yes. What? Moobs, of course, being male boobs, yeah. which, as I mentioned, my T-shirt is tight-fitting at the moment. So, you know, it's, there's, there's some tantalising curves. Does he have some tantalising curves? Well, he... I mean, he, not that that matters, really. He but. wasn't, yeah. So I think his justification was, yes, he was a movie man. Right, right, So right. it was okay. But I didn't want to be recognised as the same as him. Oh, no. I mean... I don't think, like, if anything, my moves are like pert little things, like, like <laughs> French ones. French ones? I never think of as a boob having as a nationality. Really? Never. So you think of French boobs as being, are you think getting confused with like Jean-Paul Gaultier's bra from Madonna? Like, <laughs> conical shape. No, it, like, I feel like I'm being goaded into talking about ladies' boobs, yeah. but I was very comfortable talking about Can moves I assure there. you, I yeah. was not goading you into okay. ladies' boobs. But, but yes, I, I think like there is a stereotype of a, a French breast, no? Okay. Little? Pert. Pert. Okay. Like so you're slightly so, upturned. You see yourself as your moves of being French. Yes. And his weren't French. No, no. If anything, uh, they were Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm basing that on that one time that I went to a new disorder by mistake in Austria. Uh. <laughs> Question for you. Yeah. Do we still have listeners? Because we've been off for a couple of weeks. Can I say, I'm actually a bit annoyed. We're well, not annoyed. No, I am a bit. No, Go I'm on. Not annoyed. No, you're livid, I can tell. No, I'm not livid, but two weeks away, I didn't look at the email, took mm. a little break from it. Looked at it today. I thought, oh, give myself, let's say, three hours to go through this. I'm excited about it, looking forward to all the stories. Not as much as I was hoping. We're very short on emails. We're good for quandaries. We're doing okay for publications. Stories. It's always something, isn't it? So good at the moment. It's so always come something. On. We were on come here on. whining about a lack of quandaries and publications yeah. the other week, and now we were saying we're fine for stories, yeah. and, and now it's the other way around. I was looking forward to reading them, and like, yeah, it was, it was disappointing. But you know, I'm, I, I know, don't but, berate you. But we did say we were going to be off for a couple of weeks, didn't maybe we? that's why. Maybe. And you know, who wants to email someone who isn't there? Well, also, a lot of people are on their holiday. That's true. That is true. All right, I'm going to take that, and that's fine. All right, then. Good. How's your, is your anger? dissipated at all i wasn't angry was it i was, was not so angry. angry i wasn't angry I'm fine okay. with it fine um all right so first one's from jamie uh, so there is one then well i've got three okay. no two okay no three he says i think it's a he we recently got a takeaway we went to collect it i had to stand around waiting for it for a little while i was daydreaming so was oblivious when he was first talking to me so i looked like an idiot he then brought me my food he told me to enjoy my dinner i responded with you too <laughs> then just stared at him as our brain just froze in confusion. But what is important is I haven't ruminated on it, which gave me hope that I was developing out of my drittery ways. But then today I had a very nice gentleman come to the door asking if he could interest me in a deal to clean my driveway. He could do it right now and it would cost only £140. I had accidentally gone too far into the conversation and didn't know how to get out of it. I literally stopped the conversation twice to go to my wife to try to convince her that it was a good idea to get the driveway <laughs> clean today for way more than we can afford. It was only in reflection tonight that I realised that I wanted to pay £140 to have this guy probably ruin my driveway <laughs> rather than disappoint him because I'd accidentally allowed the conversation to progress further than I attended. <laughs> Maybe I'm not completely through my driftery tendencies. Well, Wonderful. Sarah Jane, this is a driving story which fills me with horror. We were camping with a caravan in Spain. From the campground, it was only allowed to turn right onto the two-way road. So whenever we needed to go left, we'd make a turn on the next exit. On the morning when we were leaving to drive home, it was early morning and we had the caravan hooked up to the car and drove off. We needed to go left but missed the next exit where we usually turn. So we thought, OK, we'll just take the next one. We drove off the road onto a small road that went downhill. It got narrower and Ooh. narrower until it was too narrow for our caravan to get through. Reversing out of the street was no option due to the caravan. Trying to go back uphill would put too much pressure uh. on the front of the caravan, causing the emergency brake to activate. So we were stuck on a narrow street at 7am in Spain when oh, none of us no. spoke the language slowly people started waking up. The Spanish we found were very practical people. They started moving the big potted plants and cars, trying to help us get through, but it was to no avail. 
In the end, we unhooked the caravan, praying that it wasn't too heavy, and rolled down and rolled down the hill into the house at the base. While the very helpful Spanish people held onto the caravan, we drove the car around and backed it up the road, hooked the caravan up again, and were escorted out of the city by the police. <laughs> Even though this was 15 years ago, it is still a favourite holiday story of mine <laughs> to laugh about, although it was mortifying at the time. And this is we fun. accidentally drove into a tram station in Stockholm. I beg your pardon? So there's a, a bit of Stockholm where there's like quite a lot, as when there are trams in a city, uh, the, the trams share the road with the cars. Okay. But there are some areas where the tram tracks then fork off, the tram lines fork off. And it's it's where you can board and there's like a high side, like a high curb with the ticket machines and the benches and all that in. Yeah. And we accidentally drove into a tram station. No. Yeah. Like, you know, the cars were on the other side and we, oh, we were on no. the tram side. Yeah. When you say we, you mean your wife, don't you? Yes, but yes. I think I, I have to bear some responsibility oh, due good. to navigation, uh, well, which yeah. I'm, I used to be so good at. Really? And I feel that my skills... I used to be really good at reading a map or reading a very basic sat-nav, but there's something about the comprehensiveness of a Google Maps or a Waze that has just made me get lazy. Oh, so that bit of your brain is kind of atrophied a bit. Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm, So And we we were behind a tram that people were boarding as well. Oh, no. It's like people could board us or they could board the tram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really embarrassing. Yeah. Okay, and this is from Grand Count Paul. I attended a conference for work and bumped into an old colleague who used to work at my place. We had a couple of brief chats during the day, but had a proper catch up at the very end when the conference had finished and people were filing out. We ended the conversation with a heartfelt goodbye that made very clear that it was our final conversation for an extended period of time. Have a nice summer, etc. He left the room and I went back to pack up my stuff, deliberately leaving enough time for him to leave and the coast to be clear. After a couple of minutes, I left and popped the toilet on my way out. He was there. I hate bumming into people shortly after saying goodbye to them. I never know how to play it. Do I strike up another conversation or not? I always feel awkward in this situation. He was also stood in the middle of the three urinals. I hate being next to someone I know at the urinals. I never know how to play it. Do I strike up a conversation or not? This was the double whammy of situations that I feel awkward about. (sighs) Thinking fast, I made quickly for the nearest cubicle without saying hello or looking at him. The problem was the cubicle was right next to the urinal, so I would have definitely walked into his peripheral vision and I had no idea if he turned and saw me or not. Once in the cubicle, I thought, what if he saw me? He might think I deliberately ignored him. Yeah. I've gone in the cubicle to avoid him, which was true, but I still didn't want him to think it. Or he might think you're one of those stage fright people. Well, maybe, yeah. I'll have to sound like I'm using the cubicle for what it's meant to be used for, so he thinks <laughs> that's why I'm here. I loudly unbuckled and unzipped my jeans. But I didn't want to sit on the loo, so I just knocked the seat with my knee to make the sound of me sitting. I didn't go as far as making farting noises with my mouth, but the thought did occur to me. I stood in there for long enough to let him go for good this time and left quickly, hoping not to bump into him in the street. I had that recently with them. Um, so one of um, my son's uh, like school friends, I saw his, I see his mum like every week at the swimming baths where he goes for his lessons. And on the last one before the summer holiday, she went, well, have a lovely summer. Did like a little speech. And we don't really speak very much. It's a big speech. And if I didn't see her like every day after that, like oh, no, that first oh, no. week, I never, ever seen her. I was like, oh, hi again. Hi again. It's oh, bad. I'm so sorry that oh, happened yeah, to you. it was you. bad. Uh, send us your story, please. You heard Annabelle before. She's very she's very not, upset. I'm, You've upset Annabelle by not sending any stories. That's <laughs> like, what she lives for. Imagine a little face. She thought, I'm going to set aside three hours to read these delightful emails from Drifters. I'll have a good laugh. That would yeah. cheer me up. Yeah. Mm, and what mind. did you get? Nothing. I mean, not nothing. She just read got, three out, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, so send us yours, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Annabelle, how's the Substack been going? Have you been oh. doing it well? I've, I've been off on holiday. What's been going on? 
I think I'm on my 17th week now. You are not. Yeah, because you get a little uh, email from Substack every week. Tell me how many weeks you've done in a row. And I think I'm on my 17th week, which it tells me is better than 84% of the other writers. Yeah, but you've got to beat those other 16%. That's what my aim is. I'm going to be hanging around a lot longer to get to them. Uh, Yeah, it's going great. Um, This week I am writing about, oh God, my refusal to admit that I don't know the language in a foreign country mm. and the dire consequences of this. I have to say I did very well in Swedish. Did you really? Yeah. And you didn't want to didn't ever pretend that you understood because you wanted to but didn't. You just you just got it. Yeah, and then if I didn't understand I'd say I'm sorry my Swedish isn't great and mm. can we switch to English or, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you, I really, like made a couple of little jokes in Swedish even you? you know when buying coffee I feel like getting Sarah up here. My personality is so different on holiday, especially on holiday in Sweden. I'm like the person <laughs> I always wanted oh. to be, or like I am when I'm on my gas and air. <laughs> gas and air, I just don't care. Did your Swedish language skills impress your wife? Well, she thought, she thought I was probably not that great. Mm. And then she checked it out with a couple of Swedes and they think, you know, they, they said my accent is really excellent. Oh, excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my vocabulary is really still about that of a three-year-old. Well, that's all right. But, yeah. You made a joke. Well done. Yeah. Good. Uh, so my Substack. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. So Substack, yeah. Yeah. Go find it. There's there's like 17, as I said, there's 17 pieces you can read there. And then you can get an email in your inbox every Wednesday with the new one if you sign up. Uh, Substack. Bit weird, quite normal, or you can just look up annabelleport.substack.com. Because you're the only Annabelle Port in the world. I think so, yeah. Wow. I think so. So somebody could just send a letter to Annabelle Port, the world, <laughs> and it would get to you. Yeah, I guess. Do you yeah. think it would? Give it a go. <laughs> Give it a go, someone. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Um, shall we have another yes. way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? Yes, I've got some very big news from inside my home this week. Oh. You may remember me mentioning I had some Roman blinds in my kitchen, which came with the flat when I bought it 12 years ago, and how I despised them. Mm. But I found really that your eyes can get used to anything, and so they just stayed looking hideous and ugly, and I just kind of got used to it. You know what? I don't think I've ever described them. I will now. <laughs> so they're Roman blinds, so even when they're up as far as they can go, they still take up about a fifth of the whole window space. <laughs> they are Black velvet with cream swirls. They're very, very heavy, oppressive blind. <laughs> and they're disgusting. Like they're in a kitchen, 12 years of cooking. Like, let's not dwell on it. But do, uh, do they look a bit like something Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen might have chosen on Changing Rooms? On a very, very bad day. Yeah. Like the, the worst day he'd ever had. And this is a small kitchen, which doesn't help as well, these kind of heavy, black, oppressive velvet blinds. Like if my kitchen is so small, if my kitchen was trying to learn English from us, it would have assumed that it was a really easy language because there's only two words, excuse me. Because <laughs> you can't really have two people in there at once because the other one's always standing in front of the bit that you need. That's amazing that you're still saying excuse me to each other. That's so polite, so polite. Anyway, here's the big news. 12 years and one month after I moved in, I took them down. Honestly, it's like I've gone from living in a hovel to a New York loft. The room is so much lighter and fresher and bigger. I keep going in there and just staring at the wide, bright, open space where they used to be. It looks like a different room. And you're probably thinking, 12 years and one month, they must have been a right faff to take down. She must have had to get a handyman to do it. This is what I had to do. The top edge was Velcro to the fitting, so I had to rip the top off some Velcro. That's it. I timed it. it took me 30, 38 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself. Like the day I moved in, if someone, like someone who knows the future, if they'd said to me, Annabelle, in 12 years and one month's time, you're going to be living with someone different. You're going to have a different partner. I'd have said, oh, right, okay. And if they'd then said, and you'll have a five-year-old son and a dog, I'd have said, oh, great, Okay. And then said, and you don't work in radio anymore and don't really leave this place as you pretty much work from home now. Been like, oh, okay, right, fine. Oh, and these black velvet Roman blinds in the kitchen, you've only just taken them down. What? (laughs) It's terrible. All I've got to do now is remove the Roman blind fittings still attached to the wall, (laughs) drilled into it like this big, long metal strip with this Velcro front and then the long hanging chain. I'm going to take a rough guess. 24 years. No. All right. 48. 48 years. (laughs) 
Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. just over a week in Stockholm in the archipelago there and then a few days on an island in the Baltic called Gotland which most people won't have heard of but weirdly you've been there yes I have yeah (laughs) and um, let me tell you something I have uh, as you know like never clicked with any sport ever Mm, no and we, we were lucky enough in our job to go to the Euro football final. The Ashes in Australia. Oh, so boring. I was so bored at both those events and <laughs> I just couldn't get interested in what was going on on the field ever. I'd sort of pretend and ham it up a bit for the radio. So but fundamentally, I am not interested in what happens on a, on a sports field. Yeah. However... I think I may have found my sport. Oh, what is it? Well, this island, Gotland, its its capital city is called Visby. It's a very old medieval uh, walled city. Mm. And every year they have medieval week with lots of people in cosplay. Let me say something about this medieval week as well. Mm. It, it, it seems to me that the uh, the, the definition of med- medieval, and I know it's quite a broad period in history, mm, but mm. Uh, like, it, what it didn't look like was time travel. Okay. Because you'd see like a Viking next to some late medieval person. Oh, God, only you. Like a Renaissance point. painter. <laughs> no, no one's point. No one's sitting, like looking at that, are they? No one's noticing well, that. Well, I was noticing You it. were? Also, like people in cosplay, but then also with trainers on and umbrellas and mobile phones. <laughs> They're not being authentic enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I wish them well. I, I genuinely wish them well. Yeah, yeah. I think commit. Were you dressed up? No. Oh, so you you were treating it like a show, and you thought that the performers weren't doing well enough. Yeah, 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 they, yeah they they were there for me yeah. to give me something to look right, at. Right, right, right. Um, I'd say it was about a third of people were in medieval garb, okay, or historical garb, <laughs> right. and uh, and then the rest of us weren't. Um, and it's you know it's 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 odd, mm. but I think most things are odd. If you think about them, going to sleep's quite odd. If you think yeah. about it, yeah, <laughs> it's really odd. If you think about it, so, I don't like to think about it. But, no, don't. but I mean, also like people's hobbies and activities. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing's like no, no people will be like snooty about train spotting, but not snooty about going to a festival. It's it's all the same thing. It's mm. just an interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if these people, they, they, what they're interested in is dressing up in historical garb. Oh, fine, great. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, like, how many of them, once the garb is on, go into character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are they talking about um, galleons and Drink, mead? Drinking mead. mead. That's what they can yeah. call drinking yeah. mead, yeah. Or, mm. or do they drift in and out of talking about that and something they've seen on TikTok? Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Over here with your Swedish skills. No, yeah. no, they're not quite up to okay. scratching in that way. Um, but I also wondered, out of the people who do this kind of thing, and I, let, let's include historical reenactment in that how many of them keep it a secret from say their colleagues at work oh that makes me feel sad they shouldn't no but i wonder wonder how many do yeah and then if there are those that do how many of their colleagues at work would be surprised yeah that's interesting so if you go through in your mind people you work with Mm. um I suppose the question is, what percentage of them? Like, what do, do, do they divide neatly into people that you would be surprised if they mm. were into historical garb? Mm. And those who are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that for him. Well, that's something for you to do at work today, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> look, look around your office, divide them up. But my spectator sport. Yes. We went to a jousting tournament. 
I would not expect you to say jousting, although you did say medieval, so probably should have guessed jousting. <laughs> really? I went nuts for it. You yeah. didn't? Yeah, I did. Was it, did it, was it proper like, like spear? No, no, they were just messing around, right? You mean when they're trying to kill each other, well, like in Game of not. Thrones? Yeah, no, of course not. No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, but it was... It, it, no, no one's ever heard this island. Who knows what's going on there? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. But like... <laughs> so they were just messing around, but taking it seriously. Yeah, but it's like a jousting tournament. And it, it was things like they'd uh, charge up on the horse and then they'd have, um, say, small rings of fire that they then had to catch on their sword or on oh, their joust. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've seen that, yeah, yeah. You've seen that? You've been to... I've seen jousting, yeah, yeah. When yeah. have you seen jousting? Oh, like more In than Gotland. once. In Gotland? More than once, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, you've seen jousting more yeah, than once? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like once on holiday, once like in London, uh, maybe once in Gotland, maybe three wow. times I've seen jousting. And there was a bit of the jousting, but, you know, they had to hit each other's shields or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I, yeah. I really bought into the... Because they divided the audience into two. Oh. Um, the city folk and the country folk. Oh. I, I was bundled in with the country folk. I bet you I, hated that. I did hate that because oh, I'm not a country folk. Not, but no. no. Um, but as it turns out, our team won in the end. So I was quite happy to be country folk. And mm. I like our our, jo- our guy, our champion, honestly, I really get why people worship athletes. And did you get like into that feeling of what it'd be like to be a football fan and like cheering your side yes. on and like getting yeah. carried up with yeah. it? And- I mean, I felt it was probably a bit less like that and a bit more like um, what it'd be like to be a maiden in the Middle Ages. Right, right. You know, cheering on your champion. Oh. Maybe wearing a pointy hat. Okay. Could maybe give him a handkerchief or a silk scarf. You started to have feelings for your jousting. Yes. Did yes, you? Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yes, jousting, I think, could be my sport. <laughs> I think what to watch. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, just checking. Yeah, I'm not going to joust. No, obviously not. You can't. Can you ride a horse? No, you've no. never seen anyone more rigid on horseback than you, me. You haven't seen me. <laughs> oh, I have not seen you. Oh, God. We must have seen each other on horseback at some I point, I don't right? think so. With no. all the things that we've done. I know, I don't think we have. When we went to Las Vegas, did you not go on a horse with us? I don't think so, no. Me and Pete went on horseback. Oh. Um. Yeah, I'm not. It's not man and man and beast in right. harmony. No, no. It, which is weird, given that I'm like very, very animally person. Mm-mm. I brushed a horse on holiday. Did you? I loved it. What a great sensation that is! Brushing a horse. You brush its body or just its tail? Or its body. Its body. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it's very satisfying. Isn't it weird because the hair's not very long on the body? Like, what? What needs brushing? Yeah, no. But it wouldn't have been fun if I was like brushing knots out of it. It's like, <laughs> Okay. I have enough of that with my son. Oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else can I tell you about the, the holiday? So uh, this island, Gotland, mm. it, uh, it, it, there's, there's an island off it called Forer, which is famous because Ingmar Bergman made a lot of films there. Oh, okay. And he also lived there for periods of his life in the last couple of decades of his life. So the, there's an Ingmar Bergman centre, and he's one of my favourite. I just, just love him. And if you had to say, what is your favourite Ingmar Bergman film? Mm. I would say, well, it's not a film, it's a television show. It's the TV version of Scenes from a Marriage, which uh, was from the 70s. And it is just... Like brutal and beautiful, and it's the best depiction of you know what it is to be in a relationship and what we do to each other in relationships, and some of the sharpest dialogue and the most astute, you know, like Shiv and Tom in uh, Succession, some of that. So it's, mm. it's like th- that that type of stuff, but for whole sort of hour long episodes, and each episode ends with Ingmar Bowman in um, voiceover saying. And now, while I read you the credits, uh, I will show you some uh, photographs of uh, the island of Fora. And then he'd say, director of photography, Sven Ulfsson. And he would read the credit. But in other words, you've just been through such an intense emotional experience mm. that he's giving you some nice landscape to look at while he reads the credits out loud nice. to get you back into real life. That's nice. Yes. So uh, I, I love that film. And um, the, there's an Ingmar Bergman centre on this island, as it turns out. And I was so excited because they got like props and fr- films and uh, original <laughs> notebooks. And uh, so, so we went there. Sarah and Jean left quite quickly to go and look at a sheep. Right, a sheep. Um, <laughs> that was the alternative. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I was in there for a long time. And, and as we arrived, a coachload of tourists also arrived. So it was very busy. And maybe two thirds of the way into the exhibition, I spot 
uh, scenes from a marriage room. And they've got like um, interviews playing on the TV and clips playing on TV. They've got various bits of documentation and they've got a still from the film of the two lead characters in a restaurant. And behind them is this um, paper decoration is the simplest way to describe it. It's a face. I could I could tell you what it is, but it'll sound strange. Okay. So in Sweden in August they have something like they have a lot of crayfish parties, mm-hmm. and one of the decorations of a crayfish party would be like a concertina okay. paper face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, you know, it almost looks like it's some old Chinese thing, but not quite, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's got them. I think at a restaurant. I can't remember. And, and then this thing is on the on the wall behind them, and then the actual thing itself is there in this museum. Oh, wow. And I'm very excited at this. So, so I think I, I want to get a, a selfie with that thing. Sarah and Jean have gone to look at the sheep, so they can't. I can't ask one of them to take my photo. Mm. Um, and it is so busy in there because this coach load of tourists have, have been in. Um, like Everyone's taking pictures, and I just want me and the thing. I don't want anyone else in the background. So I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait. And eventually, it is just me and the prop. I get my camera, take a few selfies, look at them. Not thrilled with the way my face looks. Take it from a slightly higher angle and further over to my left, which is my good side. <laughs> but then I'm cutting off a bit of the prop. Mm. takes me about 15 goes. Oh, wow. Get a photograph I'm happy with. I look at it, think, fantastic. I then look at this thing on the wall behind me and look across to the still from the film. Mm. It's not the same thing. Oh, what? It's just the thing that looks a bit like it. Why would they do that? I don't know. That's terrible. I know. So you've got a I photo know. of you with something that looks a looks bit like... Looks a bit like something no. from a film. Yeah. Yeah. So disappointing. You should have gone and seen the sheep. Quandary Corner then here at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Oh, I'm going to start with an update. I like these. Mm. I've had an update on one of them. It was from Teresa. Do you remember that her niece's 18th birthday party clashed with a big work event on a Saturday that she was expected to attend? Yes. And we told her to talk to her boss and blame the old boss for getting it all wrong. Yes. So she did. The new boss said, well, of course you shouldn't miss the family event. Brilliant. What good advice. And then she said, Hold on, it's not on the Saturday, it's actually on the Friday. Your colleagues made a mistake. Oh. And then the birthday party got changed to a different date anyway because of her niece's work. Teresa says, I'm sure there's a word for this sort of series of events, but I've no idea what it is. Me either. I do film. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the twists and turns. It's a thriller. Thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. So I enjoyed that, getting that update. Yes, definitely, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the actual quandaries. First one's from Rachel in New Zealand. I bought tickets to a show for a group of friends. It's not expensive, but after booking, I let the group know via WhatsApp how much they owed me with my bank account details and also said there was no rush. Two of the three paid straight away. The other person who was a closer friend, excuse me, (coughs) What's going on? You're coughing, I'm sneezing. I've got a little tickle on my throat. Let me just take a little drink. Slurp. Ah, Is that better? I think I'm better now. Good. The other person who was a closer friend and who I've since... Did did you just hear what I did? No, what? Oh, I did a little burp. But uh, you looked at me Mm. and I thought she noticed that I just did a burp. Oh, no, I didn't notice. I I looked at you like the face like, I think I need to cough again. You did need to cough again as it turns out. I think there's some, some reason this email's making me cough. <laughs> Will there be a reason for that? No, I can't think of one. Now, the other person who was a closer friend and who I've seen three times since the booking has not paid. I don't know if she's forgotten or is waiting until the show to pay, which is a month away. She's a very organised person and I think she's just forgotten. How do I broach this? When I saw the group last week, we mentioned the show, but nothing was forthcoming from her about paying and I chickened out of mentioning it. I find this sort of confrontation so awkward and it just makes me annoyed that she didn't pay straight away like any normal person would. Thanks, Rachel. I think you should get one of the payers to bring it up. So oh. here's what you do. You say to one of the payers, look, such and such hasn't given me the money. I feel a bit awkward about it. Can you, when we're out on Thursday, can you say, oh, did you get the money I sent you for the tickets? 
Yes. And then that person will go, oh, I've not given it to you yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can't think of a better solution. Um, um, that, that was that was great, wasn't it? That was brilliant. Yeah. And if they're not going to see each other before then, then she'll just have to wait the month and do it on the day. Yeah. Yeah. But, but charge us some interest. <laughs> just, just. Okay, well, that was easy. Let's go on to Hannah. I recently did an online purchase which required collection in store. I planned the whole thing perfectly. I was going to collect the item on my way to work. I had practised having the order number ready on my phone. Very little human contact would be required. Since I have a small child who has to be dropped, then collected from childcare at a certain time and a job to go to in between, I have to plot things like this very carefully. So all was well as I drove into the car park. I had time to make the pick up and get to work and there were plenty of spaces close to the shop. Now, I will point out that I have quite a distinctive vehicle, a camper van with stickers on it, which adds to the ridiculousness of this situation, as will become evident soon. It was all plain sailing until, to my absolute horror, I saw them at the door. The charity people. The well-meaning, far too cheerful, only doing their job, unintentionally day-ruining charity people. Trying to sign up people to donate money to a very worthy cause. As soon as I pulled into a wonderfully convenient space directly in front of said people, I pulled out. And as I remember it, this may be my brain embellishing the story for dramatic effect. With tyres squealing, I sped out of the car park, (laughs) heart beating, palm sweating. I arrived at work to tell the awful tale of my arduous escape and my colleagues did not understand. Why couldn't I go in? Why had this ruined my day? Because I cannot lie. I cannot tell them I'm already signed up. I also cannot be rude and ignore them. I just cannot face the charity people. If I even lock eyes for a millisecond, I'll have agreed to a lifelong membership of their lottery, a direct debit, and I'll have to tell my husband what I've done and he also will not understand. I'm not a terrible person. When we no longer have credit card debts, I deliberately, definitely intend to donate to worthy charities. I also can never go back to the shop now that I've been seen. The item I ordered, which I definitely needed, would just have to stay there forever. In the end, despite finding my predicament completely absurd, my colleague agreed to go for me later that day. Apparently, she just walked past them. But she's not a drifter and I don't think this strategy would work for me. The risk of interaction is too high. What should I do when this inevitably happens again? Hmm. I'm not bad at this, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, they can catch, you know, they're they're really good at catch. Because these these are what they used to, I mean, it's not a great name, is it? Chuggers. We're talking about Chuggers here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, a portmanteau of charity and muggers. It's not a great name, is it? No, when you think about it. But I do want to say one thing. This is a slightly controversial opinion. Oh, go on. So, Mm. if I see Mm -hmm. maybe an old lady who looks uh, like a churchgoer, Rattling a collection tin. I think there's a lady collecting for charity. If I say, see somebody in the street who's clearly down on their luck and asking for money, mm. I think, oh, they have a hard time. I don't think that the charity clipboard people, mm. that they are, uh, it's their job, right? Yeah. And that just changes something about the dynamic of it to me. Because they're being paid to do it. Yeah, they're not doing it out of the... They're not people who are doing it out of the goodness of the hearts. Now, you can make the argument, but what does the intention matter if the the end result is getting money to a charity? Yeah. But I just... Something gets my back up about people being professionally nice and trying all these almost like pickup artist tricks they to get you to- have, talking. They've got so good over yeah, the years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. And it sits poorly with me. Mm. And as a result of that, I, in, in a way that I wouldn't in those other situations, like the the, the nice Salvation Army lady mm. or, you know, the person who's, who's down on their look, I, I find it very easy to say, I'm sorry, I'm on my way somewhere and carry on walking. So maybe she needs to reframe the yeah. way she's singing. You know that like, they, they can have a knock on your door now? Like recently I've had like two or three come oh, on my door. That's why I don't answer my door. <laughs> 
But I find them the most incredibly likable people. Like they're so nice yes. to me that even though I've got no money, I'm often very tempted. I always say, "What's the minimum?" And when it's too high, I'm like, "Oh God, if you'd said three pound, I would have done it." Like I would. So I had a I'm number in my head and like. Oh. But they're so likable that I think that they have training, like sort of NLP type oh, training, to be definitely. that. And I'm thinking of or going along. Out of work actors or so. what to become more likable? Yes, do the training. Like, yeah, that's a do good the training because then they're teaching stuff that we all need to know. Like they're yes. so persuasive and they're so nice. Yes, and I think my life would be better if I went along to the training but then didn't do the job yeah but, but I'll tell you what my biggest problem with it is really mm. at the admin right you have to so, fill in a form yeah I don't want to fill in a form I just want to get the and money. I know that for a charity it's better to know yeah. that you've got this regular income yeah. and then you can budget accordingly yeah, yeah, but yeah. here's how I want to give money to charity mm. out of guilt I want to guilt give yeah, yeah. I want to be watching something all of a sudden a number flashes up and says yeah. text 20 pounds so this is how I will then yeah, yeah. well that looks horrible I don't want to be like I don't want to be interacting I don't want to be signing a form mm, mm, I don't want to do any of that mm, mm. so she needs to reframe it first of all if that doesn't work there are techniques you can try where you're on the phone yeah crying on the phone yeah crying and convulsing on the phone have annoyed face annoyed face annoyed face i guess it's an episode of seinfeld oh okay like p- people think you're really you know busy and um, uh, <laughs> if you have annoyed face yeah in maybe, your job maybe t- maybe loudly talk about something deeply depressing like on the phone so i think oh i don't want to interrupt that conversation mm. Yeah, there, there, are, there are techniques. I mean, they don't work, but I'm just saying you, try, <laughs> you, can, you can try them. Yeah. But otherwise, just reframe it. Yeah. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. We need we need uh, your input here, please. Send us a story of your social ineptitude, the thing that still makes you cringe many years later, perhaps. Perhaps it's something that has, has just happened very recently. Maybe it happens every day. Um, but your story of trying and failing to fit in like a regular human. That's what we want from you. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Also, your quandaries and your podications, same email address. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com, stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And tune in next week to see if I've had surgery on my finger. Podication time. Mm. This comes from Lucy and Alan and Sophie and Nate. Now, I don't think all of those people have done the heavy lifting on that. No, I think just one, to be honest, yeah. says, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Jeff, I hope Armando heals up soon. Well, Armando is well. It's got a little bit of shoulder pain, but um, it's just just my finger. It's just finger bob now, isn't it? Finger bob, yeah. Um, I'd like to send it a little publication for Zaza. See attached, who turns fourteen. Oh, I didn't. Did I not attach a photo? No. Can you describe it to me? It's a beautiful black cat. I can't describe any more than that. Okay, but I think people know what a black cat looks like. It's a beautiful black cat. Yeah. Very glossy coat. Yeah. Very cute little feline face. <laughs> <laughs> really trying now. Yeah. Like, whiskers and everything. All, all the all the classic oh, yeah. cat accoutrement. Yeah. Um, we adopted her when she's approximately three and a half years old, and she is as much a part of the family as the humans in it. She brings us so much joy and cuddles every day. So a very happy 14th birthday to Zaza. Oh. We hope you enjoy your prawns, her birthday treat. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I think she may be a drifter too as she refuses to leave the house and hides when people she doesn't know come round. Oh, I love you, Zaza. Uh, but with those she knows and loves, she is the sweetest. Thank you for continuing to the podcast. Oh, pleasure. Says, I've been listening pretty much since you guys started and I've listened to every single episode. Oh, wow. We're like six, pretty much six years now, aren't we? Almost to the week, I think. Yeah. Um, wow. 
Why does, does time go, Annabelle? Just don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you, says Lucy, Mum, Alan, Dad, and then Sophie and Nate, the siblings mm. of uh, Zaza. So are we, are, we to, uh, are we to glean that Lucy is the main contributor yes. and author yes. of this email, yes. the instigator? Yes. P.S. I let a friend borrow my Pyrex jug for gravy one Christmas and took round a Christmas cake in a fancy cake box stroke holder thing. It's been at least four years and I've not figured out how to ask for them back, despite it being one of my best friends and let me and and me going to her house every three to four weeks. Maybe I'll just buy new ones. You totally. Yeah, you've you've let it go too long. Yeah. I'll tell you what, like a fun feature would be. Um, we could do it as a Patreon thing, even mm. uh, with with these sorts of quandaries. Mm. A recorded message from us to a stranger explaining what's go- gone on. <laughs> so they just to say, "Look, you have to listen to this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll do all the heavy lifting for you. Oh, I'd happily do that. Yeah, yeah. If there's anything, just let me know. Send yeah. an email. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, happy birthday, Zaza. Yeah, fourteen. Lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Teenager, yeah, teenage cat, mm. going out all night, coming back at all hours, maybe. Well, no, because she doesn't leave the house. No, I know. Yeah. More like me as a teenager. <laughs> and if you'd like a podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.